Just imagine a world where you will hold your entire future in the palm of your hand, when a tiny glowing crystal will guide you through an existence in which each day is more wonderful than the last, where it will be possible for you to obtain the fulfillment of every fantasy, the satisfaction of every vanity, the absolute attainment of every wish. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer presents the Saul David production of Logan's Run. A fantastic journey through a world beyond imagination. Welcome to the 23rd century. The perfect world of total pleasure. Imagine a world in which you need never be alone. You touch a switch, turn a dial, and the perfect lover steps into your arms. Every pleasure is yours to experience. Runner! There's just one catch. When the tiny crystal in the palm of your hand flashes its final message, your time is up. Michael York is Logan. Run, Logan! Policeman in a perfect world. No! Trained to track down runners. Run, Logan! Until he is forced to run himself. I understand. We all go crazy once in a while. But she's a runner, and it's over. Over well, am I not? <laughs> Box, an incredible being. More than human, more than machine. Diabolical guardian of the gateway to freedom. Or Logan and the woman who loves him. like that before. That must be the look of... of being old. MGM takes you into a new age of adventure in the first motion picture of the 23rd century. Logan's Run. It begins where imagination ends. This spoiler-filled podcast is recorded live, unscripted, and intended for those over 18. Now prepare your ears for the audio stimulation they've been waiting for all day as we step into the spoiler room. Welcome to the spoiler room, everyone. I am your host, Mark the Movie Man. It is another Big 4-0 special, and it's a sci-fi special. It's kicking off our sci-fi month here for Special Mark Productions, what I've now titled Milestone Month, because we're hitting a number of milestones. And uh, so tonight we are looking at Logan's Run. Yes, all this month we are going to have sci-fi films. And talking about this unusual sci-fi film from 1976, I've got a great crew assembled tonight. First off, it is the man himself, the BFD, Mr. Glenn Bittner. Hello, Glenn. Hello, 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 hello. Hey. Glenn, I was BFD, I was so sorry to hear that your movie didn't perform well this weekend. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 that's BFG. Oh, 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 oh. Which is, 
was so you're good. Which was not a movie about the big fucking gun from Doom. So I was really disappointed in that. I was already pre-spoiled to it. So you know, I was I was hoping for some major carnage and lots of bullets spraying, and instead I get this whimsical story about dreams and a giant. Hey, I don't. Hey, I haven't. I. I not a, not a single ultra kill. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I remember the book from when I was a kid, and Doom would almost be like sweet and, and cuddly in comparison to some parts of that book. So. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> Next to the BFD, you heard his voice. It is the ferret bowtie wearing man himself. It is Paul Salzer. Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm doing well. I think I should be called Ferret 5 for the rest of this podcast. Ferret 5. You are now Ferret 5. He's been renewed. He's been (laughs) renewed. (laughs) (laughs) Next to Ferret 5 is the one, the only, the Scotty D. Hello, Scotty D. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. Thank you. Should we call you Scotty, Scotty 6? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I wasn't in a Prince band or anything. So. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, of course, folks, it, it, it is 1976 film Logan's Run, a sci-fi quote-unquote classic where the basic IMDb summary gives an idyllic sci-fi future has one major drawback. Life must end at age 30. I love that. <laughs> They've actually got a longer description uh, below. But basically, this film takes place in 2274, and society has kind of been whittled down to these domes and being controlled by artificial intelligence. And there's also a great form of population control, in that you have a crystal on your hand, and once you reach age 30, the crystal flashes, and you go to carousel to be quote-unquote Renewed. Well, <laughs> our man Logan is a enter Sandman. Um, sorry, um, it's called a Sandman, and they, for some reason, go out and they uh, track down runners, guys who are turned thirty and don't want to go into the carousel, and they they kill them. <laughs> um, so Logan though gets hired for a secret mission to try to find a sanctuary where supposedly some runners have gone off to and soon he gets mixed up and learns of the true nature of not only their society but what actually has happened to the runners and what is outside the dome. Along the way he brings his uh, uh, companion Jessica Six who was a woman he purchased. <laughs> And wow, man, this film—I tell you, Glenn, your your initial thoughts with with Logan's Run. I love this movie. Um, it's that kind of—it's a nice futuristic take on basically like the the uh, short story, The Lottery, mm-hmm. to a degree. Um, and it's just great of that you know the whole dystopian future. And um, I mean. Shortly after I saw this, I started playing the role-playing game Paranoia, which is pretty much this. <laughs> uh, you know, where you have a computer that controls every facet of your life, except it's even you die a lot easier in Paranoia than you do in this. But <laughs> then it always struck me is, why do people wait until the thing starts flashing to run? I'm thinking if if you're gonna freak out about about renewal, like it doesn't happen like a day or two before maybe. You know, like the week leading into it, you know, you know when your day is coming. It's like, geez, you know, I'm 29 and a half. Well, shit. No, I'll, I'll wait till till you know they actually know that I'm running before I actually run. 
that, that is a good question. I off a little bit early and be like, shit, I got I got 20 days to get out of here. I, I can make that happen. <laughs> well, it, it, this is one of those films where it, you can definitely tell it is not a modern-made style film because they – they really don't go into a lot of detail on explanation. There is no uh, real hand-holding in this one, and that's what I, I love about these old films versus today. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. I, why not just run early? That way they won't know you're actually running until it's too late. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, well, Glenn found the first of a few plot holes, so we'll just mark that up on the board. Uh, <laughs> well, there is a, so there is it is touched upon kind of no. I think Glenn actually has a great point. Incidentally, mm -hmm. I, I actually agree with him. Sure. There is a part where they constantly ask, "Why do they run? Why do they run?" They don't get it. And then there's the moment when Logan discovers that he has to run. And he right. has everything taken away from him, and he he freaks out. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, but then again, he didn't have. But then again, he didn't have any warning. So well, no, no, he didn't. He, I mean, it was just like the computer's like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, you're gonna go on a secret mission. Boom. Oh yeah, by the way, yeah, we just shortened your lifespan. You gotta go run now. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> What the hell, man? <laughs> it's like, shit. Uh, Scott, uh, since you spoke, uh, what were your initial thought when you uh, first saw this film? Um, God, when I first saw this film was, uh, I think it was way, way back. Um, I had gotten this book mm -hmm. called The Great Science Fiction Films. And it was, uh, it's always a book I always reference, even though... The title is kind of ironic since the author openly hates almost every single movie he talks about in the book. <laughs> I mean, everything he, he – I mean, we're talking – I mean, he hated Blade Runner. He hated Return of the Jedi. <laughs> he, hates, he hates almost everything. Ex like, basically, I would say like 10% of the movies he really liked. Uh, and one of the ones he talked about because he would cover – he covered the years from 1975 – Till 1982, and then he just did Jedi for 83 because that was 83. It was you know rather than mm -hmm. focus on the other things. And uh, old book, and um, for so for every year he would try to chronicle every single science fiction movie that got released in the United States, whether it originated here or not. If it got released. It got in the United States. It got mentioned, and it got a big write-up. And one, of, and of course, the biggest write-up from '76 was Logan's Run. So I was mm -hmm. interested in all these movies, no matter what this guy thought of them. And uh, I went and got the VHS, and I, I, I dug this movie a lot. He had some very stern words. It was done by Michael Anderson, who had just recently done. Well, he had done a lot of movies over the years, around the world in 80 days. I think he was involved in Von Ryan's Express. Or I think I may be screwing that up, uh, but uh, he also did, and uh, he also did the Doc Savage movie, which didn't turn out too well. Uh, but I thought this movie was really good because I could take into account what it was. I thought it was weird, you know. It was very. This film is very dated. It is. Uh, everybody's wearing these <laughs> costumes that they said were so elaborate, but they still kind of look like Star Trek outfits. Uh, their futuristic society basically looks like the Mall of America. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, well, it pretty much is. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's this gigantic shopping mall, basically. You know, and everybody kind of like lives in a shopping mall. Talk about you know the 
ultimate prescient, you know, American future. <laughs> you know, it's like eighties are coming up, folks. Um, but um, the uh, but uh, you know, I thought it was a lot of fun. I could recognize a lot of its failings. There's like it's full of this really self-important dialogue, and it's big and it's clunky, and it's obvious that they didn't really know that they could be really inventive in shooting this thing and actually telling the story beyond actually like showing the technology. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was a thing. But I loved the whole concept of it. I thought the concept was just badass. I liked Michael York. I liked Jenny Agutter. Uh, I liked. Uh, I, I thought Peter Ustinov turns in a good performance. I, I liked all the things it was saying, even though I don't think I really got all the symbolism at the time mm-hmm. when they're talking about this movie. Uh, like when I when I first saw this movie at age like fifteen or whatever. I don't think I got the symbolism of these people who just believed what they were told. Right. You know, um, do we want to go into the twists, or is that going to come we'll, later? We'll, we'll get there a little you bit. Know, I was just yeah, looking we'll for a <laughs> But I thought, but I, anyway, I just thought it, I thought it was a really good adventure film, really good, mm-hmm. interesting how they shot it and everything like that. I think it could have been more inventive. So with it, even with its failings, I thought it was a really interesting movie, and it's always one I've. Uh, Revisited. I actually used to have a poster of it. Uh, oh, nice! In my first apartment, I had a big poster of it, mm-hmm. warning me of like what was going to happen when I turned thirty. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Paul, uh, what were your initial feelings when you saw Logan's Run, or what are your feelings on this movie? Just a uh, general feeling on it. When I first watched it, I, I loved it. I loved it uh, tremendously. It's definitely a classic science fiction film. Uh, it has all the classic elements, which I enjoy. Uh, then, that said, uh, watching it just today to uh, prepare for this podcast, I realized, just like Scott said, that this movie does not age very well uh, with uh, the technology. It shows in the costumes, the music, and all that stuff. But it still is in the top ten of my favorite science fiction films. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've got to say it's one of uh, – I don't watch it often, but I will say I, I enjoy it. Much like everyone said here, especially uh, how Scotty uh, mentioned how – of the concept of this film, the, the theme and the concept. It, it's pretty – in all honesty, it's pretty kind of high concept for a 70s sci-fi film. Uh, it's too bad they didn't have possibly you know a, a little bit more of the know-how of how to go about it. But, I mean, sci-fi really was still – I think in in a transition of of discovery of exactly what they could do um, until because we're talking seventy six so we're talking just before you know the big uh, game changer bar setting Star Wars so you know and uh, Scott you mentioned it and it immediately came to mind the hippies on the one classic Star Trek episode oh uh, the worst Star Trek episode the, the worst Star Trek <laughs> episode where Spock plays with the hippie band as they try to travel to the edge of the universe uh, but their outfits resembled exactly something out of Logan's Run I was like wow they they dusted off the uh, costumes and just replicated them so uh, I I agree uh, it, this is I enjoy this one quite a bit and and revisit it occasionally because it is an interesting one, though it is a bit dated. So uh, you mentioned it already, Scott. We have Michael York playing the Logan character, and you know, watching this, uh, it's it is interesting how they handle his character. I I, I do like it because 
uh, just the the reactions and everything that he gets, you you kind of feel for this guy, don't you, Paul? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, he's he's a likable character, and if if you follow the the book too, uh, the book he 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 comes off as being kind of an anti-hero for most of the most of the book, and in the film he seems like an anti-hero. But as as he's going through his mission, you realize that he starts to he starts to understand what this whole whole concept of why people run uh, is there. And, and as you, as you kind of learn with him, I think you'd really do feel for his character. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. And it's part of Michael York's performance. I mean, he does have a very expressive face. In his wonderful his, cheekbones too. He has, he has fantastic cheekbones, <laughs> in fact. Such, such an attractive young man. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, whoa. <laughs> But though there is some of that hinted in there, because this future that he lives in is is decadent, is hedonistic. Glenn, how about this hedonism? Is this is this kind of giving one of those those overlying themes of okay, yep, you can indulge in as much as you want until you're thirty, and then you die. <laughs> yeah, but I also think it has a, a a little moment where it's it's actually there's one part that is actually. I would say fairly progressive for 1976 is when he does purchase. Um, what's her name again? Jessica. Jessica, Jessica. six or five? Yeah, whatever. And she doesn't want to have sex with him. He's like, oh, you like women? Yeah. Just like very casually, like you know, like it's a completely very very accepted thing in this future society that it's you know because it's I don't know if it's because it's the hedonism, but there's part of me that thinks that that maybe slipped by. Uh, the MGM censors, <laughs> mm-hmm. because um, some of the other things, things that they did not allow to go through in the movie, because they cut the whole uh, love shop scene down a lot. There was supposed to be a whole hallucin was like a, the hallucinel or something like that. Yep. Another scene that got cut out because it dealt with drug use, but it's just so casually mentioned, like lesbian sex is like no big deal. It's like, oh, what do you like women? That's fine. Okay. Also, before that, uh, when he's trying to find his purchase, the first purchase he brings up is a dude. Yep. And yeah. when he does it, he doesn't. It's not really done for total. I'm sure there are people who laughed in the theater. Yeah. But it's not done for total comical effect because if you look, he doesn't like you know recoil in horror or anything like that. He just kind of like shakes his head no. Yeah, like, no. Nah. No, that's not my my bag. Next, next, you know. But that's now we it. have an app that does that. You know, next. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. That was Logan's Run predicted Tinder. Holy yes. shit. <laughs> Logan's Run <laughs> predicted Tinder. Yep. Not, not only is it progressive in that way, but also when she says no, he kind of pushes a little bit, but then he's like, well, ultimately, ultimately it's your choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, you know, typically the, you know, the hero will just be like, grab the woman and kiss her. Oh. And then she'll just, you know, melt in his arms and eventually stop resisting. But this one's kind of like the, he's like, you know, it's, in the end, it's your choice. If you don't want to, that's okay. <laughs> I'll respect that. And that's just, it's very odd, even for a movie these days, where it's like, yeah, I can respect that. If you don't want to, that's fine. And yeah, I that's, thought that's that true. that was the reason why people didn't run was because of the hedonistic aspects. You had everything you could possibly want. And so it's like, oh, I don't care. I don't care. Oh, oh crap. I'm blanking. There, there was still, though, a... a I, I thought was interesting, which I didn't remember when I was younger watching this because I, I didn't pay attention as much, obviously, just like Scott was mentioning, you know, miss a lot of symbolism. You you still had a hierarchy 
in there though because when she shows up she she his place is nicer so sandman got nicer pl- places it mm-hmm. sounded like than some of the other people so there was still kind of a hierarchy there it wasn't a whole just commune equally hedonistic uh plus people are volunteering to become uh so it was tinder <laughs> really was it yeah. really wow the more you mentioned it holy crap yeah uh, I, didn't, I, I didn't even think about it until until <laughs> so you guys it's all falling into place it's, it's now, <laughs> see that what makes good sci-fi when it predicts the future and it comes true um so idiocracy god help us but um <laughs> fudruckers beware so this this world we have though well not only not only can you pretty much indulge in in things where you have a one stop shop in your own house for for some love but you could go to these love shops where everybody's just naked and rolling around on each other but if you don't like your face anymore you could go get your face changed what what do you guys think of that I mean Logan he's on the run so he's about to get his face changed and. Uh, they've got apparently these shops where you can just change your identity if you want to, which I guess adds to that whole hedonistic idea. Scott, what would you think of that idea of, well, you can just change your face? Were they, were they trying to kind of make a social commentary even back in 76 about people in plastic surgery? Well, plastic surgery, I think, was starting to, I mean, of course, everything exploded in the 80s, but I think it was already popping up quite a bit in the 70s, especially if you lived in that Hollywood bubble, as a lot of these people who made these movies do, when they make these films, you know, whether, even if it's not filmed in Hollywood, because a lot of these were filmed in England and stuff, uh, you know, you'll, you'll still get, like, a lot of these people who have lived in, like, this L.A. bubble, and they are shocked to find out that the world is not like the L.A. bubble. <laughs> and, you know, well, you see that all the time. And so I think that there was some of that in there. I think it was commenting on every single part of hedonism in that the casual manner in which everybody looks at everything. Mm-hmm. New identity? Yeah, why not? Yeah, sure. Sex, why not? Drugs, why not? You know, it's the... It, it, what it really told – it said a lot about, like, the post-60s thing, too, mm-hmm. you know, where six people were, like, really into, like, the, okay, we're going to, you know, try to expand our consciousness, and now we're going to break down these taboos. And instead, seven, the, the 70s – and also the 80s were called this, but the 70s were called at first. They were was called, referred to as the me decade. Mm-hmm. It's when all that – real a lot of that promise – you know, yeah. from the 60s, uh, evaporated, you know, as Hunter S. Thompson talks about that, the moment that tide finally broke and rolled back. And um, you, so there's this very casual uh, attitude towards all these things, but it wasn't for expanding anything except, you know, your own selfish desires. Mm-hmm. I think it was saying a lot about that, honestly. And you the- know, and that goes for the for the new faces. That goes for uh, you know how people viewed sex and drugs, and for and uh, heck, even how they viewed you know death. Mm-hmm. You know, death was fine as long as you played by the rules. When you didn't play by the rules, that was like the only thing that you could do. Basically, the only thing that you could do that was upsetting to this hedonistic society is fight to live right 
Yeah, you, you just had to give in to die. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you, you give in, here, do whatever you want, you just you die at 30. And if you go against that, well, then you deserve to die. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's then you don't get re- a chance at renewal. Yes, renewal, this whole uh, concept, this kind of religious experience, supposedly, that people are getting, which, Glenn, what is the truth about renewal? You just blow up. You you just blow up. It was they're yeah, yeah. You float up. They, they, you go on on some weightless ride at at Six Flags, and at the end you explode. <laughs> Which is kind of the safety record of a lot of Six Flags, actually. So yeah. <laughs> ouch, ouch. Again, this movie's predicting the future. Yes. <laughs> Filmed in Action Park, New Jersey. Well, it, it showed such such the naivete of of the society, though, because they're cheering, and here these people are blowing up, and I think it's pretty obvious to the audience what exactly is going on, which I think adds just that little extra darkness to this film, doesn't it, Paul? To where the audience, I think, kind of knows, nah, they ain't getting renewed. Yes, but it, if you but you're supposed to not think of it that way. You're mm-hmm. supposed to think of it in terms of just like in a religion. You know, you, you sit down in church and you get all these people that are are singing along to the hymns, and you feel like you're part of of something. And mm-hmm. that's that's the belonging that they wanted to do. And originally, this whole death thing was created because they had a problem overpopulation. Right. You know, they had some c- catastrophe occur. And, and so they needed to put this, and then, of course, like anything else, just like in a religion, things start to expand, and it starts taking a life of its own, and then faith comes into play, and, and, and they, had, they believed, they believed in renewal, they believe in reincarnation, and, you know, if we, if we talk about questions, that's going to be a question that I'll bring up in my questions thing. Uh, is is what your thoughts are on reincarnation. But to me, because I believe in reincarnation, I actually could feel for those characters that, yeah, Mm -hmm. even though they're flying up and and they're getting, you know, they were just, you know, Michael Bay explosion-esque type theater, it was still... It was still kind of a, a, a neat experience for me. I, I, I enjoyed that scene, believe it or not. But, but I mean, our modern movie audiences, you, you know they're not getting renewed. I mean, it's, it's, understood, understood. But know, even, well, yeah, but we're also, we, weren't, we're, we haven't been told the, you know, about renewal since the day we were you know, exactly. born. Exactly, exactly. It's, the, it's, this, it's this race of naive people. They're willing to be sacrificing themselves. In meaningless ritual, they're believing everything they are taught just because they've always been taught. Mm-hmm. And they're taking everything on faith only to find in the end that there is no renewal and there is no sanctuary, you know? Right. It's just this whole, it's just this whole thing to control them. And nobody is seemingly, even the, peop- even the entities that are running the civilization seem aware of it. Right. I, I think the, 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 uh, even the AI has bought into its own... Ruse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it's basically convinced itself because it's gone on so long. Well, not only is death controlled, but birth is controlled. Everybody's just given a name and a number after it, and then when your number's up, your your number's up. Apparently, um, so which got me because okay, if it's at age of thirty, you're supposed to die, and we've got Logan. He was Logan, what five? Five. Mm-hmm. Three in the book. Three in the book, and Jessica was like Logan, uh, Jessica six. Yep. So if you do the math on that, I mean, you're you're talking 
this has been going on at least a couple hundred years. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you know, I mean, this is, it's kind of, so you can see how it's been ingrained in society, how this is okay, and people do believe that renewal is happening. Uh, you know, so, yeah, I guess I guess I can see that. And, and your modern, you know, I mean, your audience sitting in the audience, if they've been, they, in each of their religions, you talk about renewal. So, yeah, I can see how that would play is, to the is audience. Is it any sillier than the stuff that we, we do? Right. And now, yeah, mm. no, that, that that's a good point. And so, uh, we have a little the, bit, a little bit. <laughs> there's, there's, I, I don't know any major religion where exploding yourself is part, is part uh, of the ceremony. The the ones that thought they were going to be taken into space all believed. Yeah, that. but there was like twenty people. Yeah, well, so. <laughs> It's a smaller scale. Yeah. But also, it, also, are, also, it depends on how long you're taught it and when in this cycle you learn it. You know, for instance, you know, for instance, these people have no, known it since birth, so it's like, okay, that's just the way it is. But you know, it might have been more gradual, kind of like how you hear about uh, the Scientologists. Mm-hmm. I live in Scientology Central here in Florida, and uh, they don't. Te- now that stuff's all kind of been a lot of that stuff's been released. All the the stuff about the aliens and the thetans and all that stuff. That shit doesn't get told to you until like you're already invested oh, many yeah. year many years and a and a sizable part of your fortune into the faith and all your friends are in this thing. <laughs> That's when you get told this. And I imagine a lot of people are kind of like Logan Five, like wait. What? <laughs> so Logan's Run predicted Scientology. Is that what you're saying? I think uh, Scientology. Right, yeah. Scientology was already. If anything, it was a reaction. In fact, so many uh, Hollywood people. It was, if anything, it was probably a reaction to it. Also, <laughs> oh, now now we're also attributing it to de- taking a dig at Scientology. All right, so that's two for Logan. I don't know. Logan. I don't. I th- it was it was already taking a dig at uh, organized religion. Yeah. Yes. You know, and I think it, I think you could say Scientology, but because just because that's our mm-hmm. that's our example for the thing in society where a lot of people believe something that's totally crazy. Right. But you know, <laughs> who knows? Like, to, you know, I have my own beliefs and everything like that. But you know, who knows? Maybe like two thousand years ago, it's like they, there was like, wait a minute, you think that this guy rose from the dead? Yeah. <laughs> You well, you know, that, you know, you know, and you think that he's gonna take you up to heaven when you die? Really? That just seems weird. I mean, I'm sure there were people that were like that. <laughs> there are people like that that are now. <laughs> so uh, we've got Logan on the run. He he starts to explore the different whatever underbelly of the uh, dome that they live in, and he carries along Jessica, who's played by Jenny Agutter, who. I liked her character quite a bit. I felt she was a pretty strong female character. Glenn, what about you? Did you feel she was a fairly strong female character? For 1976. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what yeah, I was... Yeah, absolutely. I think she is. Yeah. Um, she's got a little bit of the whiners of the, I can't go on, and, you know, always... Whenever, whenever people have to run somewhere, it's always the woman in the movie who's like, oh, I just, I can't. We have to stop. I'm just, I'm tired and, you know, I'm I'm wearing slippers and a mini dress, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her her wardrobe doesn't change much uh, un- unless she gets. Her underwear changed a lot. It was her... a different color in almost every scene. <laughs> <laughs> when she was wearing it. Uh... <laughs> yes. 
because <laughs> there there is some rather uh, uh, just start uh, surprising nude scenes in here. No, it's a seventies film, but it's a seventies film. So for seventies, no, it's no surprise at all. You're yeah, right. uh, Paul, did you think her character for seventy six was a pretty strong female character, especially for a sci fi? Yes, yes, I did. But I, I did notice how you know it was like, oh yeah, any any time, any any opportunity that they had to undress either both of the main leads, they did. I was yeah. like, wow, they opened the door. Oh, let's get undressed. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. I love the reasoning, folks. Logan and and Jessica go and they get to, to this uh, lift, and suddenly they're in this freezer box area. So, so what comes to mind? Quick, let's get these clothes off oh, before they freeze, freeze on us. us. They're so thin. There's no way they're gonna freeze on you. <laughs> and so they just strip naked and wrap themselves in these convenient little waist bare. Right. Yes. <laughs> and then they meet box. <laughs> I just loved that that uh that excuse. Oh, these are gonna I'm like, wow, really? Why did you just take it off and not even say which, anything? Which they then take the furs off and put the clothes back on. <laughs> yes, that's true. Twenty seconds later. Because <laughs> they dried off. <laughs> well, because those are some pretty warm warm skins. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Scott, what about you? The Jessica character, did you feel she was fairly strong for 76? Uh, yeah, I agree with Glenn. For 76. For 76, yeah. Yes, they were, they were yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, another female character that was in here was played by a, a famous face, which I totally forgot she was in here again until watching it, is Farrah Fawcett playing the Holly character. Uh, she was the assistant to the doctor, and I, I thought her character, I mean, she she could have really been played by anyone, couldn't she, Paul? <laughs> yes, but you, you did need someone that beautiful because if you're, if you're going to work in a place that is plastic surgery thing, it, you kind of feel like you should have the most beautiful person that you can. Even the doctor was pretty, you know? Yeah, well, um, the doctor was, he, he was the son of the director, wasn't he? Yes, yes yeah. of course. <laughs> There's no nepotism in not in Hollywood. Hollywood, no. <laughs> oh, but that, but that icebox scene, yes. You mentioned the character Box, played by Roscoe Lee Brown. Awesome, awesome. I love Box. <laughs> Scott, oh, Scott what what is it about this robot that you like so much? <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize I said it until I I said it. I no, swear to God. <laughs> But no, I really loved the character. Yes, not just his name, right? <laughs> oh, brother. There's anyway, uh, but I like the character. I just think he's, I mean, I don't know what it is, because, I mean, let's face it, like the movie, he's big and clunky. Mm. You know, and, you know, you can, t- you know, it's not like he's that convincing, but I just love how creepy the whole character is. <laughs> he's like, what is what did he say? Overwhelming. Overwhelming, am I not? Or something like that. Uh, and I just love the character. I love how he has been isolated. Mm-hmm. And this kind of... this is You know what? Now that I think of it, it might be kind of a clue into how the AI, as you said, as you touched on earlier, is going to behave later on. Because this is somebody who has been isolated, had a thing, and went freaking the the robot went bonkers <laughs> because he has a job to do and then the resources that he was supposed to cultivate dry up yeah. so he asked it how's he how does he get the nutrients 
he freezes the he kills and freezes the runners. <laughs> oh my god! And he says, and in, in in just a very in a way that is at one moment very casual and one in the next minute just totally insane. He, yeah, because when he starts chasing, he's like laughing. He starts <laughs> laughing. Yeah, he's very ca- calm, and then all of a sudden it's, <laughs> you know, he's like totally nuts. And I, I, I mean, just that turn on a dime, like this is a machine, you know. <laughs> and uh, I just, I always found that character, uh, you know, sure he looks like a walking mirror ball, <laughs> but he, but he's like he's the scariest freaking mirror ball I've ever seen. <laughs> Until, until you read about the actor who played him, mm-hmm. and it, several times during shooting he fell over, and he because of the outfit he couldn't get up by himself. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Well, Roscoe Lee Brown. I mean, yeah, he's. I mean, if you don't know the name, and you won't see it because he's not. You know, you don't see his face here. But if you ever saw his him show up in a movie, you'd be like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of those great he's one of those weird guys who's like a good character actor but he's also a really great actor mm-hmm. and uh, I always thought that he was really that his, his, doing the voice of Vox he was just really well I mean I guess he was in the outfit too but he make, I guess he was just, I was just thought he was really really uh, frightening it, it's a frightening character he's probably the scariest character actually in this and you know it's creepy right away when you start seeing the frozen penguins and walrus. I mean, you know, something should tip you off right there. This isn't Disneyland. Yeah, those uh, things aren't marching anymore. <laughs> those things aren't marching anymore. But, yeah, I liked how they handled the box character and the the, the, the thought that, yeah, no one actually has ever made it out alive. And uh, we're eating people. Was the cannibalism implied, Glenn? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think he's actually delivering food anymore. Mm-hmm. He's like stocking food up. I think he's a leftover from when they closed up the city. He's a leftover because that whole area is not really in use. And I think you know he was he was originally tending to the the you know the plankton and stuff like that, and now he just he's still storing food, but no one's coming and getting it. That's that's why he had that entire corridor of frozen runners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the and the transporter, whatever the lift to take them up, sounded creaky and old, so it probably wasn't used that much either. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, the box character is is just a lot of fun. Uh, Paul, anything to add about the box character? How'd you feel about him? Um, I, I enjoyed him. I really did. Uh, I just I loved uh, I loved his little line that he kept repeating. Uh, so yeah, and it, it made me it made me think of other movies in the few, you know l- later on. So that got inspired by this, and so yeah, it was a definitely a great scene, and I'm glad they uh, they filmed this scene. Yeah. Uh, now was that was he in the book as well? Not or? that I re- well I am not I don't recall him. Uh, mm-hmm. The I know that they changed a lot. Like Francis is uh, actual. Uh, we were talking about the plastic surgery. Yeah. The reason why that's really important in the film is because in the in the original story, uh, Francis uses that to uh, make himself young every time because Francis is actually a character named Ballard who helps people on that uh, to sanctuary. 
Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah that's a twist. It's an entirely different story, isn't it? I, I've heard that there's a lot of differences in the book. I've never yeah. gotten around to reading it. I, I was going to say, because Francis in the movie is just the obsessed partner of Logan who's going after Logan because he yeah. feels so betrayed. My bro, man. Yeah. My bro, the one who stole all the two hot <laughs> prostitutes, man. What the hell? Exactly, and so it's it's so it's a, it's a little different like that, and and he uh, the Francis character is more like the old man in in this film, so it, it, senile and crazy. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but he he's proof. He's he's basically the proof to the uh, to uh, Logan and Jessica that there is uh, life beyond uh, the last day, essentially. Sure, sure. And uh, speaking of the old man, uh, we, we have Logan and Jessica after the uh, escape box and his frozen uh, people treats. Uh, they, they head out, and we find out the dome isn't that far from Washington, D.C., <laughs> which I, I love the location. Uh, and they meet the old man, played fantastically by Peter Ustinov. Uh, Paul, what would you think of old man? He was a wonderful character. He he he, he took the scene, and you, you felt gravitated toward him. I really enjoyed that character. Well, and he had some depth to him, the way he plays him. You know that he's there's more there than just, I mean, there's a guy who's been living with cats for nearly <laughs> all his life. And yeah. it was also a great, great, uh, like, I always like how, how stories do, like, technical things. And in this particular case, you basically, we had the start of the movie where everybody's together in this kind of dome city, and they're all together. And now they go and they meet a person that is by himself. He only has the cat, but he, he had nobody. And so it was just this great, you know, technique of, of, of you have these two opposites, and they, they come together. And it actually shows much better in the very last scene of the film. With him in it, yeah, I, I would say yeah, it does. But I, I thought his character was interesting too because he's like, oh, you know, these people show up and he's not really scared by them or anything. He's like, no. oh, hey, hey, look, some young people. But of course, what is Logan's idea? We must show everybody else. I'm like, what the hell are you gonna do when you get outside the dome, Glenn? Did that run through your mind? I mean, here he's he's liberating these people at the very end, where he's he's rescuing and and we're trashing the dome and the carousel, and we're freeing the people, and they go touch the old man. But did you ever think? What the hell are they going to do? They've had everything provided for them ever since. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and I also don't understand, you know, the whole route Logan takes to get out of the city when, um, <laughs> what is, yes. what is, what does the computer tell him when he's given this miss mission? Yeah. All the city seals have been opened for you. Yeah. <laughs> Which he then just promptly ignores and, and just decides to, I'm going to infiltrate the underground and, and run out through, you know, God knows what. Um, and one would think that the, the seals should be open for him to come back because that was his mission. Right. But instead they're going to be like, oh, I'm sure we can jump in this tank, which is, which, you know, probably uses the ocean tides. Yet somehow they don't know what the sun was, but he, apparently they know what the ocean and what tides are. <laughs> Well, they read it in the book while they were the. I guess the they, they read it at the at the Capitol building because the Capitol building had books on tides. <laughs> That's how the people are going to survive. By the way, they're going to go to the Library of Congress and they're going to get all the books on how to like Those make scandalous clothes. <laughs> 
people are all fucked. Yes, they <laughs> Come on. No, that was, I know they're supposed to be this liberty of hope and let's touch the old sage. I mean, that was... Well, I, I did laugh at the end because he's going... He, I, you know, and I, he, when he gets to the city, what's, you know, what's the plan to expose him? He just runs out there in the middle of the thing, like, hey, guys, guess what? <laughs> I'm old. I'm, I'm like, and no, he, he doesn't even show the old guy yet. He just says, oh no, you don't go to go to the last day. Come on up, oh, yeah. you can come with us. It's okay. It's like. Like that, and you know what happens? Oh, the guards come! What a surprise! <laughs> that was your plan. God, Logan Five is a friggin' moron. <laughs> well, everyone's a moron. Who, who designed this city, where apparently the computer's memory is also attached to massive explosives that will blow up the entire city if it has a meltdown? <laughs> Well, I built well, my city like that, man. Well, it is it is an old it is an old old seventy six sci fi. So I mean, it, was, it obviously wasn't a Windows machine because that city would have blown up decades earlier. <laughs> it just went a blue screen, and people would have been hovering in carousel halfway between you know the ground and the point where they explode. They just kind of hung there Offering. for a while. Wouldn't that be funny you know? if that didn't turn if that machine didn't turn off for some reason? It just like <laughs> left them that like hanging there, so everybody else is like running to save. Them. They're just like a little help. <laughs> Stalk here. Hello. <laughs> Waiting for renewal. <laughs> Guys. Anyone? Anyone at all? I gotta. I gotta pee real bad. Oh, <laughs> the guy underneath him going, "Don't you dare!" <laughs> so, uh, Logan's oh, Grud is definitely an interesting uh, sci-fi film, and uh, I, I always pose a question or two, or, or have our guests here to see if they have something that they want to talk to the group about. And Paul, you already kind of touched on it, so uh, why don't you uh, once again just kind of repeat your question of, of your question for the group tonight? Yeah, I just wanted to know what your thoughts are on reincarnation. As someone that actually does believe in reincarnation, mm -hmm. I found uh, an extra added bonus in this film. So I, I kind of enjoyed Carousel a lot. So. Because you, you believe in that concept, so that yeah. kind of played to your belief. Okay, yeah. that's a good question. Glenn, how about you? Do you uh, your, your feelings or thoughts with the reincarnation? I believe I mock people who have different viewpoints than me. No, that's not true. <laughs> um, I personally don't uh, believe in reincarnation, at least not in the sense that you know most people think of it. I mean, I believe I do believe in an afterlife, mm -hmm. um, which also you could kind of view in the same way as you know, like renewal is this is you know it's you don't die, you keep going. Right. Um, so I mean, I can definitely see that uh, in that. Mm-hmm. How about uh, you, Scott? Any uh, thoughts with the reincarnation theme in Logan's Run or, or your personal feelings I, on it? I was raised uh, very religiously mm -hmm. uh, and um, uh, Christian, uh, uh, as a lot of Americans and stuff. Uh, but uh, a lot of the – and a lot of the stuff I was taught – is the absolute truth. Mm -hmm. uh, I've kind of let go of some of it while holding on to others. Mm. I do not personally believe in... There, I think there was a time I actually was contemplating reincarnation and everything like that, if it was real. I don't think I personally believe in it. Like Glenn, I do believe in an afterlife. I don't know what that is. I don't mm -hmm. necessarily think it is the picture of heaven that most people have when they hear the word heaven. Mm 
but I think it is some kind of expanded thing. That, but again, I have no real sure proof to pack back that <laughs> up. You know? well, no, 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 we we don't. <laughs> none know? of us do. But, uh, but, uh, but I, but I, believe I believe that there is something more than mm-hmm. we're here and we're gone. And uh, and I think that so I think that 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 uh, Doug and mm-hmm. but there's always that question of well, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Or or not, you know, and I think that that it, it, it kind of that's something that gets I don't think about when I'm a lot when I'm younger, but then you start to think about it more as you get older because sure. oh, you know what, my palms kind of fl- starting to flash, guys. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I don't I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie. I know this is this is not as this is a, com- a slightly comedic aside. I'm sorry, is, no. so I don't want to like shift the th- focus, but I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie Free Enterprise. Uh-huh. Uh, great yeah. movie by Robert Meyer Burnett, and um, yeah, as you would imagine, there's lots of references to Star Trek and everything, but there's references to other movies and stuff as well, and there is such a great homage to Logan's run in this movie, uh, <laughs> that if you guys haven't seen Free Enterprise, it's a hilarious movie, I suggest anybody sh- t- check it out, it's great. And uh, yeah, for me, you know, I, I like to believe it, I'm a removed Catholic. I I was raised, yes, quite Catholic, uh, for quite some time, and and I'm I think I'm of the rest too. Where uh, I'm not quite sure what it is, but I I'd like to think there is something after this in some way, shape, or form. Not sure what it is. And thinking about that and personal beliefs that enters in with Logan's run here of, of people's beliefs. You know, it was easier for them, I think to believe in possibly these people exploding as becoming, you know, being renewed, then it, for them to wrap their minds around, we need population control, and so we're just going to kill all the people with the number three today. Uh, <laughs> you know, because even with the hedonistic stuff going on, that's going to be a complete downer for everybody, you know. <laughs> Whereas, I, you know, and the whole, their whole society was based on not being a downer. If you look at it, I mean, it was totally trying to be this kind of false paradise, if you will, for the young. Not all the young, though, because there were some crazy youngs, which they just stuffed in the cathedral. The so they were, what, 15, and then they, they executed them or something? <laughs> it was never well, quite clear what happened to them. I think club. they get moved. I think they get moved into the general population. Yeah. Their, their colors change. Oh, that's right. They turn eventually turn green, so... Yeah. So all those young kids, they just shove them in <laughs> over there till they turn green. Then no, 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 you're part of the system. So yeah. Um, well, I mean, as as Francis said, Francis Seven says in the movie, when you think too much, it slows you down. So I mean, they've been told not to think about like <laughs> anything beyond the moment, you know. Right, and everything in their society is set up that way, so they don't think beyond the moment. I mean, when you have the love shack, we're a little old place where everybody gets <laughs> naked. <laughs> And, and sweaty and druggy and just start grabbing you and start going at it. It's like, oh, okay. So, you know, and it, it's not the only love shack. So, uh, good question there. Uh, got a little deep there. That's a great, great question there, Paul. Love it. And uh, Glenn, would, did you have anything that we might not have touched on that you maybe want to uh, get we a kind of covered go? mine when I mentioned the whole why do they wait? Oh, sure. <laughs> Until the last minute. It it is a question. It, it, you know, we could bring that up a little more of why they wait. Uh, even though we touched on it earlier, because maybe it was was 
fear of losing all that stuff plus the unknown they didn't that's, know. That's what I think. The more I think about it, the more I think about, you know, look at things in real real history that happened. Like when one says, you know, when they started rounding rounding up the Jews mm-hmm. in Germany, why did all the other ones just stick around and wait their turn to be rounded up? I mean, yeah, there was the whole, oh, we're, they're being relocated, but it's the fact is, you know, I think there was that fear of, of, well, this is what I know. Right. I know this. And, yeah, that might happen to me, but I right now I know this. And this, mm-hmm. this is my safety spot is here doing this thing that I know. So I think that kind of might have played into it. Is, is, and, yeah, and there's that fear of the, if I run, I'm just going to get caught, and that's just going to make it worse. And then I'm going to get shot and turned into brown pudding. Um, yeah, yes. and then, then yes. I don't get my shot at renewal because I, yeah. I'm dead. <laughs> Paul, would you agree that maybe they hung around because that fear of the unknown was so overbearing it was easier to think of going to renewal? Part of that, I, I believe in the hedonistic society kind of giving them a distraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I can kind of anecdotally say is that uh, when I came back from my vacation, I took a, a two-week-long vacation, and I had wholeheartedly thought when I was going to come back that everything is going to be different. Everything's going to be new. Everything's going to be exciting. I would I would set forth all these new plans, and, and, and my life would be so much different when I got back from vacation. And guess what? Within a day, Everything came back to the same way it was because I was comfortable doing that. <laughs> and, and I think that's the way that society is too, is that they're comfortable doing a thing a certain way. Everyone likes a place in society. That's why people, you know, they, they had, they, you were talking about people being in their place, you know, this hierarchy. Mm-hmm. You had runners, you had people, and if you notice, people dressed up in the same kind of color, you know, and and so forth. Throughout the entire film, they, they grouped people together and it, it gave them that sense of being comfortable. You are part of this group. You will continue being part of this group until you die because that's what the entire society wants. Mm-hmm. And that's why I believe that they, they allowed it to happen because they're just comfortable. Ooh, which touches on the theme. Are they hinting at uh, the government trying to get the people complacent so they don't start questioning their surroundings, Scott? <laughs> well, um... I don't know how much of this you can even... I mean, even though there is this system in place, I don't know how much of it you can, can call government. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a computer, and mm-hmm. people are selected, I imagine, by the computer from birth to work for the computer, but otherwise it's just the computer. Uh, so it really is more of a... just this. More of a just like a system, sure. And I think uh, I think you are. I think it was set up like that, and it did become that after a while. I think that uh, it's very much become kind of this thing where it's uh, a mixture between this government, the system that we that it, people are familiar with, and are and are you know complacent with, and also uh, a religious. Uh, mm-hmm. People. I mean, like you. Well, you'll hear. You know, you'll hear people. You know, say. You know, I remember like uh, being asked when I was in private school as a kid. Like, you know, I, I got a question wrong on a test on, on like one of their their religious tests that they that they gave me. And because the question was, uh, "Are you going to heaven?" That was the question, and I said, "I don't know." 
Oh. And I got it wrong. They said, yeah. what do you mean you got that? You don't know. Of course you know. If you are <laughs> if you believe in this, then you're going to heaven. I'm like, well, I, I don't have – and I was – I mean, I'm, this is like somebody who absolutely believed everything. And I was like, well, yeah, I, I don't think that's my place to say that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, I'm not in charge of that. I mean, I hope. <laughs> I'm working at it. I'm working real hard, but I don't know, you know. And I think it's that idea is that where you get people who just they 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 know this right. the idea that they think they know what's how things work and they don't know. <laughs> and I think it was a, a mixture between uh, a government system, uh, well, not a government system, as I said, just kind of this systematic society, and mixed with some of this uh, religion, kind of pseudo religion. Sure. You know, that this is the way things are. It's the way things always will be. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I uh, was kicked out of uh, CCD class. So, <laughs> no, no, I just questioned something once uh, because uh, when you get older, for those of you who who are Catholic as well, um, I I think it's Catholicism, but uh, it's one of those things where after a while it's no longer fun projects like making cross ornaments and and you know coloring and such. You suddenly get in a circle and you start discussing stuff on uh, the Bible, and everything was going fine until the one day when I uh, we were talking about miracles. And they were talking about the, uh, you know, when Jesus was sp speaking and suddenly, you know, stone into bread type of deal. And, you know, one of the miracles, and I just, I put my hand up and I said, well, what if all the people, because they're starving people, they all have brought their own food because they went on a journey to go listen to Jesus talk. And on the way, they're going to bring food, but they're also starving, so they're not going to share that food. But then they hear him talk about how we're all one and we need to take care of our fellow man, and suddenly everybody has food. I'm like, that's a miracle, but it, you know, it's just a different type. And literally the next week, they were calling my mom and saying, yeah, here's the workbook. Oh, wow. <laughs> Bad influence, huh? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, my my friend Natalie, she she got in trouble because in class she asked um, if Adam and Eve had belly buttons. Ah, yes. no. Because they weren't they were weren't born right. in the traditional sense, so she thought that they wouldn't have belly buttons. But that's something that was inappropriate to bring up. Wow. I'm like, I don't understand what. That's that's a basic. I mean, that's just a simple curiosity question. I mean, that's not even questioning, you know, the existence of Adam and Eve or anything. That's just, do they have a belly button? You know. See, I was I was in school. It was it was my schooling, so they couldn't really kick me out for it. But boy, sure. they didn't like they didn't like it when my hand went up. And, <laughs> and as I said, I'm I'm I wasn't like this angry atheist or anything like that. I've never been an atheist. Still, I'm not. You had questions. Uh, and though. I had a lot of questions, and it, they didn't jive with the stuff. I remember this one time. Uh, the one there's two two private schools that I went to. One was a little more. Both had their set ways. One was a lot more strict. One actually beat the kids. Whoa. And the, and the one I remember, uh, just hearing and whole schools gathered for a sem a, 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 a assembly. I remember this one little kindergartner kid raised her hand and said. Raised her hand. Yes. What can I do for you, Natalie? I can't remember her name. Natalie. I'll just say, this is. 
Is the Bible a fairy tale? Oh. And all wow. of us went, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, we were, like, turning away. We don't want to watch. We don't want to watch. We just heard, wham, wham, wham. Oh, God. Oh, man. Was, and you know that she just probably, like, heard this from, like, an older brother. Who sure. Because you know, she's, like, you know, wow. but, oh. Yeah. I don't, don't like it when you question. If our current society does that, imagine what their society and the fear that they had thinking that, you know, if they ask questions and so so that really is a good point. So well, that, I was just going to bring it around to that, that yeah. in Logan's run, there there's an actually an extreme to that because, you know, we, we are given the impression that all runners are ones who don't want to, uh, you know, it's their time and they don't want to ascend, but... Maybe there are others out there that question it that the Sandmen are because they could the computer can change the crystal at any time. We've proven that. Right. So could you see possibly that if someone starts questioning the way things are running, that suddenly oh look, you're red and flashing and you're a runner. Go get them, Sandman. Even <laughs> though they might have a few years left. It's I quite mean, a scary thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah they just believe it. You know, so it makes you wonder with the Sandmen if if they were just they were enforcers not only of the people who were running, uh, but those who may have questioned society. I mean, they don't show it, but you could easily see it applied. They're I think nuns with rulers. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, uh, it, yeah. So now it's speaking on religion too. This film has many layers to it, folks. As you can guess, it's, yeah. <laughs> even though it is dated, there are a lot of interesting themes when you scratch below the surface. Yeah. Uh, Scott, uh, did you have maybe a topic or a question, quick for the? Group? I don't know if it really com- counts as one, because actually, it, was, it what uh, my because my example was actually something that led right into what you guys were just talking about. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> My, I guess my question would be, is there any aspect, because we've already touched on technology and whatnot, uh, but is there any aspect of this film, either in the technology or in the, some of the pieces of the narrative, that you see reflected in the modern world? Uh, using what you just said, I, and I don't know if you can really think, if that's too vague or whatever, but just using what you guys are just saying, the one that I was looking at is I looked at the at the, in the big climax of this movie. Logan has tried to tell the people, "Hey, look, you don't have to live like this," and he's taken away into custody like in within two seconds, and he is interrogated by the computer, who doesn't get the answer it wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, this computer uh, is interrogating Logan about like, "Did you find sanctuary?" He says, "There is no sanctuary." No, he well, says. There is no sanctuary. Those holograms cost a lot of money to make, so they they had to use them. Yes, (laughs) it's like slow this down or some shit. Yeah. (laughs) The well, the computer receives answers that don't fit into its preconceived narrative, Mm -hmm. and rather than take now, rather than take these into account change its worldview accordingly and perhaps evolve, as I'm sure it was designed that it could possibly do, 
It rejects them over and over and over again until finally self-destructing, basically like the comment section of a political story on the internet. <laughs> uh, and that's, and that's like what reminded me of this. I'm like, oh my god, it's like this. It's it, it, it's basically like you know the computer just going, no Benghazi, 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 <laughs> <laughs> or, something, or something like, or or something like crazy, like no, it's a global warming, it's a hoax, or some similar thing. If you want to plug in your own little mm-hmm. ideal in there and um, and and I kind of was reminded of that like you know how it touches on uh, aspects of human and in the even in the mechanical thing it touched on human behavior there is there anything in this movie that kind of you see reflected in the modern world whether it be in the technology or in how it comments on uh, human behavior well, I, well go ahead big no. question I would say, I mean, you have, I mean, the whole blind belief because how often do you have people who are like, oh, here's this meme. It must be true. Mm-hmm. Share it. Look, it's printed right here. Donald Trump eats baby hearts and they're supplied to him by Hillary Clinton. <laughs> There's a meme that says it. Oh, great. Now that's going to be a real thing. Wait well, a minute. Has, has anybody snopes to that yet? Check. <laughs> No, no, I, I, yeah, it's, yeah. You, yeah, you're, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with, with the internet and threads. Uh, Paul, how about you? Do you think uh, that kind of reflects some of modern day? Oh, definitely. Uh, just, just the whole concept of, of belief and, and how someone individual, you know, in this particular case, it was the computer believed in its mission wholeheartedly. Uh, that it needed it needed to complete its mission. Even Box needed to complete its mission. Uh, even Logan had to complete his mission. And, and they all believed that there was a way to do this, and and they followed this path. And it's so much like people today, where where even if they're wrong, they still follow with that mission because that's what they believe is is the best for the people. And, and I think this is kind of a warning that that this type of society will potentially destroy itself. It'll eat itself if you're not careful. So you got to take a step back and look at the look at things differently. Is the, is there life outside of that bubble that we all live in? You know, in in the, figuratively and metaphor and and literally in this case, you know. Yeah, and, and there is that to to where can you live life outside of the bubble? And I, I think you hit on the, the major arcing theme in here is where you have a society that's come complacent and just the way things are, and suddenly you throw a wrench into that and it explodes, literally. Yes. Uh, uh, but possibly for the better. You know, it, question things because there may be stuff outside of the bubble but you sometimes need a hammer or a uh, not so accurate gun uh, to <laughs> to uh, shoot things to before you wake up and realize there there are other alternatives there's other ways of thinking where you can still be yourself uh, but you might have to evolve and I, I think that's that's it too is that people are really afraid of evolving and uh <laughs> well and I, I think that's part of why the whole i love how it's that age 30 mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's about that time it's around 30 when you start saying things like i'm too fucking old for this <laughs> so it's you know as soon as the hedonism will start wearing off and becoming kind of 
droll is when it's the we'll end them here. Yeah. As soon as you know when it's the jeez, oh, I can't party like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's twenty one in the original story, so that that gives you kind of interesting thing. Like, oh yeah, you're oh. about to be about to make decisions. Oh no, you can't. It's never been really hard to film because. A good third of the people in this movie, there's like, there's no way that person's 30. Years <laughs> <laughs> like one woman like getting her new face, I mean, she's like 45 probably. Yeah. <laughs> she's were... picking worse faces. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I can make my jaw really fat. What? <laughs> Why? Because she can. Yes. Uh, it, well, and, and you know, York was what thirty five when he made this. <laughs> so, so he already expired. So he already expired. His 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 gem had been flashing long ago. <laughs> so I think we're gonna wrap it up here for the night. Uh, really great discussion here tonight on this film. I uh, hope this wet your whistle, folks, for this. Please, even though it's dated inside, you know, in, in some of its effects and setup and costuming and production design there are some very interesting themes and you can see the uh the uh prediction of tinder on here if not, <laughs> you know i think he even swiped left and right i'm not quite sure but you can that out. and uh, let's go down the line real quick and find out where you can find these uh fun folks at when they're not talking here glenn you can find me on facebook with the BMW Bunker and with Guy in a Bunker Productions, as well as on YouTube, same thing, Guy in a Bunker Productions, the BMW Bunker, or just follow me on the Twitter, at Guy in a Bunker. Fantastic. And Paul? Uh, you can find out uh, more about this uh, basically wonderful horror film festival that I'm involved in. Uh, just look up New Horror Fest out in uh, Google or Yahoo or whatever uh, search engine you want to use, and look up uh, again New Horror Fest, and you can find uh, information about the Northeast Wisconsin Horror Film Festival. Uh, and then you can find out more about me by uh, going to Forsaken Film Reviews. Fantastic. And Scotty D. You can catch me at moviocrity.com and uh, also check out my web series, Moviocrity, at vimeo.com slash channel slash moviocrity. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Hope you guys enjoyed our discussion. Uh, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. This is Milestone Month. We're celebrating it with sci-fi films all this month. Stay tuned to where we're going to talk about next Flash Gordon uh, from 1980. Uh, dive! Space Hunter, The Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Uh, and Enemy Mine. We have a very interesting lineup on the Spoiler Room. Also check my other projects out on specialmarkproductions.com as well as on the YouTubes. Please email us if you're interested in our show at spoilerroom.smp at gmail.com. It's in the notes here or follow us on the Twitters as well at Spoiler Room PDCS. Uh, please leave your feedback, comments on the iTunes as well. We'd love to hear back from you. Any ideas for future shows, definitely submit them. Uh, it's Milestone Month here. We're going to be coming up on our 100th episode. We're just about four away. Mm -hmm. And plus, uh, I'm coming up on the 10th anniversary of the YouTube channel I'm on and my 1,000th video posting. So it is Milestone Month here. Hope you enjoyed our discussion. And remember, if your light is flashing, uh, just hide under the bushes. They'll never find you. Say good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone.